This is Anatomy of Violence, a podcast brought to you by the Center on Violence Against Women and Children at Rutgers University, where we talk about violence and victimization on college and university campuses. We are able to bring you these episodes through funding awarded to us by the New Jersey Attorney General's Office. My name is Jamie Kinn, and today I'm going to talk about how victims of violence can get help, specifically focusing on Rutgers as an example of what this might look like on a university or college campus. I also want to issue a trigger warning for anyone that might be sensitive to mentions of sexual assault. There won't be any graphic descriptions, but we will refer to sexual assault and use similar terminology throughout the episode. If this is something that you don't like listening to or you aren't in the right space to hear, please feel free to skip over this episode. The main place for victims to go on any of our campuses to get help is called Violence Prevention and Victim Assistance, or VPVA. Lauren Linscott, the director of the New Brunswick VPVA office, sums up the multitude of programs and services that they offer. VPVA is a comprehensive office that both responds to interpersonal violence, specifically dating violence, sexual violence, and stalking. And we also are the lead on doing prevention work. So doing violence prevention programming and campaign initiatives. By comprehensive, I mean we want to set forth a model for prevention as soon as students come on campus, meaning they even even to register and start classes, they do have to take not anymore, which is kind of um, a brief introduction to those topics of interpersonal violence. And through new student orientation every year, they also experience our Scream Theater program, which is intended to build bystander intervention skills. And so we spend the rest of the year doing programming events. And so that one, they're learning new skills and doing reflection on their own ways on how to have healthy relationships in their own lives, but also how to intervene in others when they kind of recognize and understand that somebody may be in a situation where their partners or partner may be using abusive behavior towards them. And then we're set in place to really offer survivor support resources in the form of counseling and advocacy. And so some students may need short-term advocacy, such as wanting our office to reach out to professors. They They may need an extension on a paper because they're experiencing some form of trauma. They may need legal advocacy. They may need accompaniment to court. So what we do in terms of advocacy is really laying out all the options. We don't necessarily say, we think you should do this, but here are all the things that are available on this campus. Whatever you choose to do, we stand beside you and we'll help you see that pathway through. To understand how this office came into fruition, we should understand the powerhouse that helped develop it. Before we dive into more specifics about the different VPVA offices on our four campuses, it's important for us to understand how the office came to be. The first director of VPVA was Ruth Ann Koenig, and she is a leader in the field of victim services. I'll let Ruth Ann explain how she became involved in helping victims of violence. So when I was at the University of Maryland as a student, I was an RA. This was probably 1970, 71, maybe. And and so I um, got a phone call from my area coordinator, area director, and he said, student of yours was raped. She's at the hospital. Um, Go get some clothing from her room and go to the hospital. So I'm like, sure. 
Um, I happened to have a car then, and um, I had no idea where the hospital was. I had to take out my trusty map and unfold it and find a way to get there. Um, and I got there, and I gave the clothing to someone, and they would not let me see my student. Her family was overseas. Her, I was her family here, but they wouldn't let me see her. And I knew something was inherently wrong with that. And the sexual assaults, the rapes on campus continued to happen. Uh, and many of these people were kind of left to deal with the aftermath themselves. And so I, along with Chris Courtois, who's Dr. Courtois, and Debbie Watts, who was Dr. Watts, and myself, started what's often credited as the first rape crisis center on a college campus. And we began to understand, we knew nothing, nothing. There was nothing helpful that was written. But in about 1973 or 74, Linda Little Holmstrom and uh, Ann Burgess wrote a book, and I think it was called Rape Victims of Crisis, that coined the phrase rape trauma syndrome. And it finally gave us a framework to understand what we were doing and a helpful framework. You know, once we had a framework to really understand it, it was easier to explain to people what we were going to do and what we were doing because we had a better idea of what that should be and how it should work. So I knew then that I had found my niche. Um, I, I tell people all the time, there's a lot of things that you do at work. You write memos that nobody reads. You send an email that people don't respond to. And, but if you help somebody who's been sexually assaulted, if you help somebody who's gone through that experience, then you've done something that changes a life. In 1991, there wasn't a clear place that was safe for victims of sexual assault to receive help on Rutgers campus. Ruth Ann was hired as a part of an effort to help provide that safe space for victims. She discussed with me about why she was hired and how she created the first rendition of BPVA, which was originally called Sexual Assault Services. Part of what happened is that there was a very high-profile sexual assault, and that individual um, made uh, some accusations that ended up in a lawsuit and what that did was have Ed Blaustein, Dr. Blaustein, who was the president then, put together something that was called the Acquaintance Rape Task Force. And that group um, got together and really looked at what kind of prevention and what kind of intervention Rutgers was doing. And so I was at the Rape Crisis Center for Middlesex County at that point. And I came in as a consultant to this group. And, and they really, they were, you know, this was a directive from the president to make people who were not as eager to be helpful. Um, and that really wanted, that we really wanted people to have consistency. So no matter where you lived on campus or which, at that point, you know, which college you attended on campus, you got the same stuff. In fact, at one point, there were, I mean, in the interim, Ed Blaustein passed away um, and a new president came and he made this a very important issue for him. Um, he essentially told people, you will work with this woman because it was a one woman show at that point. Um, and he was very adamant about that. And so I, um, so what happened is that they, 
um, had a, a position for the person who was going to be the expert on this and the go-to person. And I applied for it. I called the person who had put out the, the flyer on it. And I said, have you filled this position? And it was, and, and she said, no, do you have somebody good for this? And I said, yeah, me. <laughs> so, um, so I interviewed and was hired fairly quickly and started on January 2 of 1991. Um, at that point, it was, I was, a, as I said before, a one woman show. I went to Newark once a week to see clients. I went to, I didn't go to Camden very often. That was mostly for training, but, um, but Rutgers, New Brunswick was my, was my home base. And I worked really hard to make this a, um, something that was developed in the right way that had the right approach to things that had relationships. And so that survivors were not only treated the way they deserve to be treated, but that we did really decent or good prevention as well. Ruth Ann worked to establish the foundation of the wide array of programming around prevention and victims assistance that the current VPVA provides. Ruth Ann retired from her position in 2016, but her legacy lives on in the work that VPVA does every day. I keep mentioning Rutgers campuses. And I'm not misspeaking. Rutgers has four campuses spread throughout the state of New Jersey. I'll be focusing on Rutgers Behavior and Health Sciences, Camden, Newark, and New Brunswick. Each of these campuses has a different student population with different experiences and needs. Thanks to a grant from the New Jersey Attorney General's Office, our university was able to expand VPVA's reach from our main campus in New Brunswick to all four of our campuses, in 2017, Laura Luciano, the director of the VPVA Camden office, discusses why she thought it was important to have offices on each campus. Well, I think having a VPVA office on every campus in the country is important. Um, and that is because we know that students are having experiences. And oftentimes they're having experiences from other students um, and so coming to campus resources makes sense. We know that that experience with interpersonal violence impacts their ability to thrive academically and to be successful students. And so to have support on campus with people who understand both the issues of interpersonal violence, sexual violence, domestic violence, and stalking, but also understand campus culture and academics, I think is important. And so if you, you know, there's certainly services that exist within the community, around the community, and certainly students can access those, those services and do access those services. The difference between campus services and those community-based services is that, is that the community-based services don't necessarily have an understanding of what what the situation might bear out on campus and how to help students navigate that. I think that one of the other reasons that is it's so vitally important is that many of our students are coming in already having had these experiences. You know, maybe they were victimized in childhood. Maybe they had experiences when they were in middle or high school and they're coming in and oftentimes never having gotten education 
Um, and that's for the general campus, you know, general student population. But for survivors, it also means also often means that they've never had support or counseling um, for that experience. And so they're, this is often their first opportunity to do that. Um, and so those are just some of some of the reasons that it's important for campuses to have services. I think it's important here to understand that the foundation of each VPVA office is the same. These offices exist to help victims of violence and prevent future violence through education and awareness raising. Lauren Linscott, the director of the New Brunswick office, explains what the experience might look like for a student on the New Brunswick campus who comes into the VPVA office. Yeah, if somebody walked into our space, if it was a walk-in, they would be greeted by our administrative staff, and we don't necessarily go straight for the clipboard or, you know, it's, it's, it's more of getting a sense of what the students' needs and wants are. And so I think we take a lot of pride in not having a very stagnant or like a, a clinical experience, meaning like, like a hospital environment. And so once they walk in our space, feeling comfortable. And as you know, there are lots of barriers to reaching out and to even taking that courageous step and and coming to our office. And so we want to make that very first experience one that they feel like, oh, I made the right decision and that that they understand how hard this was to even get to this point. And so our administrative staff would ask them a few questions um, about their experience. They definitely don't need to share too much at that point. But that staff member can decipher, does this person have clinical needs in in the sense of, do they need counseling? Do they need advocacy? Maybe they just need information or referral, but it's really kind of connecting with the student, which is really important. There's a high level of curiosity and and sometimes discomfort, like what is this experience going to be like? And so to be able to put a student somewhat at ease, it in the moment for them to be able to share what it is they need. And then we would make the connection. And so based on that initial assessment, we would connect a student with either an advocate or a counselor. The Rutgers community is vast, and each of our campuses has had to modify their programs and services to be comprehensive and also meet the particular needs of their student body. Program staff at each of the campuses work to adapt and modify services and programming to fit the needs of their students. Gary Kammerer, the director of the VPVA office on the Rutgers Behavioral and Health Science campus, explains how our students and programming differ from the other campuses. Yeah, I think it's really important for all of our Rutgers campuses to have their own VPVA offices because they function really differently and have really unique needs uh, for the RBHS campus. A lot of these students are older, they're graduate level students, and they're dealing with a lot of um, health science related issues. So they're medical students, dental students, nurses, um, and other and other like health professionals. And so what they really needed is someone to come in and be able to talk to them about violence and harassment through the lens of what they're experiencing. And so RBHS students, what we have found 
they experience a lot of things in the workplace that other students might not be experiencing on other campuses, right? So mistreatment from patients and clients, um, sexual harassment is higher on these campuses, um, and just trying to handle the, the power dynamics that happen when people that are in supervisory or advisory roles are being the ones who are mistreating the students. And so we have the opportunity to come in and really speak to those specific issues and talk to them about how they can get support, how they can support one another, how they can intervene in a safe way and in a way that makes sense with these kinds of power dynamics. Um, and so it does feel like a really special and specific need for this campus. And I think what's really interesting is that there are RBHS schools that exist in many different places. So there are programs near the Camden campus. There are programs in Piscataway, so near the New Brunswick campus. And there are programs in Newark, so near the Newark campus. So we're kind of located everywhere and yet very siloed from the rest of those campuses. Um, they are very distinct. They don't interact with each other very much. Um, and even when it comes to so biomedical and health sciences, all of these schools kind of function independently. So a lot of times like dental students are not speaking with the nursing students. So it's almost like operating a VPVA office for seven or eight distinct schools and making sure that we're really tending to things in a school-specific way and all of their needs are really different. So that's another reason why it's really helpful for there to be an RBHS VPVA because we can tend to each of the individual school's needs and that would probably be really difficult for the New Brunswick campus or the Newark campus to have to create these separate plans for these students and their needs. The, the main differences for the RBHS campus is that that student population is different, right? So we have a lot of graduate level students. We also have students coming back for second degrees. They are a range of different ages. There's a lot of international students and we have students that are highly, highly science-minded. Um, and so that's also something to really think about too when we are talking about to them about sexual violence or domestic violence, we can talk to them through this lens of trauma-informed care and how it is incredibly crucial into the work that they do when they leave, right? I think most people know for like graduate level students or those that are really hyper-focused on a specific vocation, they are really thinking about what can this do for me? How can this help me professionally develop? And that we can then use that lens to speak to them, to say when we talk about bystander intervention, that is so critical for the work that you do when you have patients and when you're dealing with colleagues and peers from all different levels, here is how it will actually impact you throughout the course of your career. The Newark campus presents another set of unique needs. Christy Howley, the director of the Newark VPVA office, discusses how Newark's diverse student body require different strategies to engage the campus. You know, it's funny because we meet as a collective VPVA group often, so all four campuses, and we share the programming that we have planned. And, you know, so often we look at each other's programming and we're like, oh, I wish I could bring that to my campus. And then we look at our campus and say, I don't know if that would work on my campus because they're all so different. 
you know, we have about 13,500 students, um, only 12% of which actually live on campus in any capacity. And so right there, that's massively different from the New Brunswick campus, which has, I think, more of a traditional college feel. And we have very non-traditional students. So, so many of our students are non-traditional college age. So, you know, they're not between 18 and 24. They're grown adults with families, and that leads to barriers to them accessing services, attending programming. So we really have to be mindful of who our target demographic is. And just to say college students is not representative of our campus demographic. You know, you'll hear thrown thrown around a lot. uh, Rutgers Newark is the most diverse campus in the entire country, which I think we fell second to Hawaii. But, you know, that diversity isn't just color. It's diversity in everything, in age, in culture, um, in our LGBTQ student pride. It's just, it's so, so diverse. And so, um, you know, when we think about programming or we think about um, accessibility or you know, there's so many different layers to to consider to make sure that we're being accessible and inclusive to our entire campus population. And I think one of the things we learned this past year as a department was as a campus culture, we're so focused on the small percentage of students that attend Rutgers Newark in person, go to class, come to class physically in person prior to the pandemic, and we're missing the grad school students, the completely online students. And so it's, it's, we have such a different campus than any of the other three Rutgers campuses. Um, and I think really that just lends itself to the diversity that we have across the board um, and being aware of how is what we learned this past year going to color how we move forward. And so being really mindful of we can't just tailor our presentations and our education to the few students that are in residence halls or that come to campus, we have to really be mindful of, you know, our specific students and the fact that a lot of them work three jobs and an internship and go to school. And so we're not going to get them to come to campus for a program at 5 p.m. That's just not going to happen. So how else can we reach them? Um, So it's definitely going to, you know, I think we have kind of a new lens going forward. The students at Rutgers Camden have needs that also differ from any of the other campuses. Laura Luciano, the director of VPVA on the Camden campus, spoke to me about how Camden's student body influences the programming and services at their VPVA office. So Rutgers Camden VPVA has two staff people, two full-time staff people, a director and a program coordinator. Uh, We work collaboratively together to ensure that we're meeting all of the needs of our campus as it relates to interpersonal violence. So Camden as a whole is a much smaller, it's actually the smallest campus of Rutgers. And and so I think that that makes it unique. We are are also largely a commuter campus. We only have a we only have about 900 residential beds, which means that at any given time, only 900 students are living on campus and then everyone else is commuting, whether they're living in an off-campus apartment or dwelling or they're living in their you know, family home um, and they're commuting onto campus. There are many more students on the New Brunswick campus that are full-time students, period, right? They might have a part-time job, but they're full-time students 
students and they're engaged in student organizations and things like that. And so we were used to doing late night programming. And that's not something that really works for our students on the Camden campus. Um, I, I, we do very few nighttime programs, although that has been different since the pandemic when we were doing, you know, ver many virtual programs. But we do a lot of uh, when we're doing in-person programs, those are usually happening during the day when students are on campus and when they might have breaks from classes. Um, I think the other thing that we do to meet the needs of students is we tend to have shorter programs um, so that it does fit into their schedule. And we also do a lot of touch points utilizing social media both kind of the social media that's out there for everyone, like Instagram, and then Rutgers Camden actually has an app that's just for our campus community population. And so we put a lot of information there so that students are seeing, you know, it's maybe they don't have time to attend a full program, but they're still getting snippets of information and then ways to kind of look for more information on their own. Lauren Linscott told me about New Brunswick VPVA's efforts to critically examine their work and the steps they're taking to better serve diverse communities. I have to give Rebecca Vasquez, our assistant director, a lot of credit because she's really revolutionized our counseling program. And because of the way she approaches it with an anti-racist, anti-oppression lens, I think since I've been here, there's been more wide-reaching efforts to connect with students of color and queer spectrum students to want to come into our space because we are a white majority staff and students know that and to have staff members that that have identities where the student sees themselves in that it really is important um, and so i think that through rebecca's work i think that that has had an impact in more students of color coming to see us um, and feeling more comfortable because we're all trying our best to dismantle history and dismantle the way that social services have been offered. Um, we recognize deeply that historically services have been more for white women, especially in the field of interpersonal violence. And, you know, we do our best to make sure that that experience is more broad reaching and more intersectional. This last year was a real introspective year for us. I think beginning beginning with George Floyd, we knew going into that year that we had to offer students something different, even in our new student orientation. And so because of COVID, we didn't, we didn't have the opportunity for them to get the entire experience of the Scream Theater performance. And so what we did is we had brief conversations with the six to 7,000 students in very smaller and much smaller groups, offering the information of how to do this work in, in a uh, systems of oppression matrix, you know. So taking, taking the words from folks like Kimberly Crenshaw and Patricia Hill Collins and Bell Hooks, really going, okay, so yes, you may be experiencing dating violence and that's why you come to see us. But also, you may have had a history of experience, experiencing police brutality, um, hate-based crimes. And so really going, okay, when we do an intake process to do a better understanding with our clinical staff to say, yeah, this is a, these are the immediate needs, but there are so many overlapping and intersecting things. So we 
put that at the forefront of our new student orientation beginning last year to really talk about systematic oppression and really engage students and ask ourselves, are we doing this work? And to some degree we were, and to some degree we weren't. What we did is is really immerse ourselves in that work. This was a really good year for me to connect with students because they were they were they would tell me like you never talk about your identity yet you're the leader of this office, and so it really also allowed me to engage in that dialogue and and talk about power and privilege I hold, but also the allyship that I can hold. And there's a lot more work to do. Uh, we feel we feel. I think, good about how we were able to dive right in in terms of being vulnerable to say we may think we're anti-racist just because we're in an anti-violence office. Yet when students of color are saying, you know, we don't feel comfortable coming here, we think this is a place for white women, um, there's more work to do. And students, you know, they're so brave and honest will say, well, that's just receipts, right? that term, if you're familiar with it. And so we do need to make the next step to hiring more staff of color. We're not there. I mean, I know I keep repeating that, but but really I want, I would like students to know that we know our work's not done, that we have a vision and it includes continuing to do population specific programming, but also delivery of services. And so students can see themselves in us um, when they come into our spaces. VPVA is the model that works for our campuses and our university and our community to help victims and prevent future violence. I hope that this dive into what helping victims and survivors of violence looks like at Rutgers has been informative. If you're a student at any of the Rutgers campuses and you've experienced violence or want to get involved with VPVA's work and you're on the New Brunswick or Newark campus, you can call 848 848- nine three two one one eight one or visit vpva.rutgers.edu if you're on the camden campus you can reach your vpva office at 856-225-2326 if you're an rbhs student you can call or text your vpva office at 973-972- 4636 or go to go.rutgers.edu slash rbhsvpva. If you are having an emergency after 5 p.m. or on a weekend, you can give 1-800-327-3678 for assistance. Thanks for tuning in. If you would like to reach out, send us an email at V-A-W-C at SSW dot Rutgers dot EDU. Thanks for listening.